order. Welcome to what I call Jesus TV, although uh, Emily and um, uh, Jonathan are welcome to frame it however they want. We do have a program called Jesus in this mess. Jesus um, in this mess. Yes, that's what it is. I, we're still um, ironing out like, what is this? And so we're still learning. Um, is it Mr. Rogers neighborhood or the neighborhood of Mr. Rogers? Uh, I think we'll just go with Mr. Rogers neighborhood, but that's not the name of this. This is Jesus in this mess. And um, uh, we're going to watch Emily um, make messes with her fingers and other tools and um, doing it in the name of Jesus, which is really cool, making a mess in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to go make a mess for you. Uh, I hope you, I can find you in it. So anyways, that's that's just to kick us off. You guys start off any topics you have, or, or we'll just, um, maybe Emily can tell us what she's going to do. That'd be good. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I left this board on here from last week, and I'm going to try to get it off. Yeah, I got some little paint on there. That's okay. It'll be cool. And you see, she got notes on the back of those paintings. So Emily, Emily's <laughs> art and Jesus's art can't be accessed fully without turning it over. Yeah, some of the things, I know, right? So this is the one I've been writing on for like, I've been layering this one for like three weeks. It's still, I don't still don't know where it's going to go. But um, it kind of ended last week. Actually, uh, Jonathan and I, uh, had a pretty interesting discussion about, um, actually about organized religion. But one of the things, cause he was like, what are you painting about? And I'm like, I just feel stuck, you know, in, in the world of Jesus and just not knowing where to go or where I belong, um, you know, and, and trying to find the place for me and my family. And, uh, but one of the things, some of the notes that I wrote from last week, I wrote down, um, you know, it's hard to know the direction or to know the, what is truth. And is there an absolute truth or not? Um, and, and then that was kind of an interesting topic that we could talk about. Uh, we also talked about the idea of fallibility versus infallibility in uh, religions. That's a good organized religion. And we also talked about the importance of learning through open discussions. Nice. Which is one of the reasons why we like doing something, like why I like doing something like this is just because it is an open discussion. And I feel fairly comfortable to talk about most things uh, religiously here, I would say. I don't talk about everything, but um, but I'm you know, just trying to be sensitive to our, like, our audience, right? But um, I think, yeah, those are kind of the things we, do any of those ideas kind of stand out to you guys? Or do you have another thought? No, I like them. I like them. I, I, I wasn't able to be part of that because I had to do a formal religious um, thing myself. Uh, I had to get ready for a formal religious. Uh, so I'm, uh, I have some thoughts on that that I've shared in my street preaching. Um, and when I started developing a personal relationship with Jesus, uh, I had to resolve some energy that I've had my entire life, <laughs> which was not only do I have a problem with organized religion but organized anything so that's what jesus is like <laughs> you don't have a problem with organized religion you have a problem with organized anything and we live in a very formal society there's never been on earth a society that is so formal and organized and that's why jesus has me referred to a u.s antichrist all as well in zion babylon cult cult <coughs> culture it's a culture that um is choking right now the younger generation, um, they don't, it's kind of like being lactose intolerant where well, they're intolerant of this. And, and this has happened before. It's like in the late sixties, early seventies, uh, that kind of came to a head in the Jesus revolution where you had hippies, you know, interested in free love and LSD and so forth, but also just sweet love. Um, but then their, their counterparts, the, um, the evangelicals who Jesus sent out to um, do the call and response. So the call was, all you need is love. And they said, and love has a name, its name's Jesus. And so um, those forces um, will, that is the force of formality, will often cause certain people to uh, <laughs> recoil, to rebel, if you will. Um, you bring enough force, try to do that in your own family. Uh, you know, you got these five rules, you go, oh, I love our five rules because they, they, they control our home so well. I'm glad we instituted these. Oh, really? 
well, go ahead and add another five and see what happens. Because any parent who's parented long enough knows if you can get your kids to do five things, <laughs> that's sweet consistently. But if you do what parents, oh, they so often do this, they're like, oh, sweet. All we have to do is make some more commandments. And then, but what, what you're doing is actually a reflection of what happens in your culture. If you add too much, the natural being just can't handle that. It's like, oh, it looks like I'm in a prison. Yeah, but those five rules, did you see how much love and harmony they brought to us? And then you start worshiping the rules instead of like, you know what? Maybe we ought to just stay with the five and just be saying hallelujah, which you should, because some parents can't get their kids to follow even one rule if there's a rule. But sometimes those kids have become antagonistic towards the formalities. And so um, that's what I've always had. A, um, I was born with this, uh, what in some of the movies Jesus has me make, uh, it's called a cultural allergy, that you're allergic to the culture, whereas everybody else has always been able to eat peanut butter cookies. Grandma and grandpa, they ate peanut butter cookies. What's wrong with Greg? I think he's making it up. I've got an allergy to this culture. Um, I can't sit still and listen to didactic instruction for three hours. Are you kidding me? I'm going to go bonkers. Well, it worked for us. What's wrong with that? And so they get defensive and they try to um, uh, say, well, here's how I do it. I just sit there and grin and bear it. Well, I can't. I don't know why. It's like I've got irritable bowel syndrome. It just makes me want to vomit. Um, well, don't talk about our culture that way. Oh, I thought it was okay to talk nasty about the culture, but not the church. And so one of the things Jesus has had to do, because it, it isn't good to talk nasty about a lot of things. You'll be filled with nastiness, because guess what nasty seeks? Love seeks love, filth seeks filth, and nastiness seeks nastiness. So I've had a, a big issue that I've had to learn how to resolve more peacefully. And it was Jesus in 2015 He's, he, he gave me a prophecy. It's called the Black Sheep Prophecy. And if anyone wants that, I can send it to him. But basically, he told me, yeah, Greg, you are like the people who left the church. <laughs> like a black sheep? He goes, yes. That's why it's called the Black Sheep Prophecy. That you are like your friends. Uh, like Steve Sanders, uh -huh. Bruce Brinker, huh? Yeah, they were shown the door. Uh, and you, from your sociology training, know you can show people the door without saying, there's the door, leave. You just simply make it uncomfortable enough, like parents could do. You can make your home uncomfortable enough with 10 rules. Now let's put 20. Oh, and look at that. We're separating the wheat from the tares. Okay, now all the siblings here <laughs> are the good siblings. All the other ones have left the, left the building. Um, and so formal institutions, um, like we're kind of like the peak right now, where there's this rebellion going on within church, within society. And the squeeze is affecting people who have a sensitivity like, no, nah, give me liberty or give me death, which is really what ties into my own response is that some people's, their, their main, uh, you know, in the Star Trek, they call it the prime directive. When I came to Earth, you know, there's three directives that, uh, that guide our human agency. We all want belonging. Yes, we all want belonging. We want to belong to somebody. We want somebody to love. And we also want power. We want power to enact. Um, but we also want freedom. And those are differentially uh, distributed amongst people. So for instance, my wife wants belonging above all things, above power, she'll give up power, she'll give up freedom to have belonging. I, on the other hand, um, am very strong on my need for freedom and it will overrule the gathering of power, the gathering of belonging. Okay, I'm just gonna have to have some people not be my friends and I'm gonna have to lose some money so that I can have freedom, give me freedom or give me death. And so I was tuned that way. If Jesus tunes people before they come to earth, he's like, it'll always feel like dissonance. You'll always feel like you're a stranger in a strange land unless you can enact freedom. And then of course he reminded me as he shoved me down the, the chute and remember, Greg, um, I am the way, the truth and the light. So if you want freedom, uh, the truth will set you free. And that's my name, truth, which is freedom. And so when in 2015, I got born again, um, I got a big dose of uh, Jesus. Um, and that was more freedom than I've ever had. And like, whoa, I've got this guy who's invisible. He's starting to boss me around and I'm feeling freer than I ever have. <laughs> and, and that has stunned me 
ever since that I'm following what these uh, people call them commandments. And that sounds kind of harsh to people. Follow the commandments. Jesus instructed me recently, he says, um, you can also call them just instructions, like how to do things on earth. These are instructions from a su supreme being. Uh, I like to call them commandments because some of the some of the kids need to go, oh, I want to be a good boy, so I'm going to follow the commandments. Others go like, um, I just want to do what will work best <laughs> because what's been working for me, and that's back to the formal institutions, that ain't working for me. I did not like who I showed up at church for out, through all my life, but finally, through Christ, I'm learning to show up to church and enjoy it. It's like going to uh mental health ward which is i called my my ward the mental health ward and doing um group therapy and jesus says just one caveat you need to not talk <laughs> um except for to me so i talked <laughs> i talked to the immortals because i have a spicy testimony and it'll disrupt the you know it's imagine you go to group therapy and one guy just dominates because he's clever and he does whatever he's always wanting to disrupt formal things so jesus says shut you down and then have this communion with me. So I'm I'm able to go to church like somebody could go to the coffee house. Oh, I'm just going to sit here and ponder poetry. Well, you could go over here and, and do it here. Well, this is what they're talking about. Well, then ignore them if, if that's what they're talking about. Can you just focus? Can you feel the love? Because there's a lot of people here who are gathering in the name of Christ. And some of them are exuding a whole lot of love. They're trying. They're like, I'm a filthy sinner. And they're humbled and they're meek. And so back to the black sheep prophecy, um, Jesus told me that you're living in a day, Greg, when I'm about ready to pour my spirit down upon the black sheep, the ones who are out of the church. And some of them that are like you, they're in the church, but kind of hidden, got their white looking um, sheep coat on, but they're actually black sheep under that. I will pour down my spirit like I have upon you and you'll begin to have charity. These people who have been... Um, kicked out of the church uh, or left the church, however you want to frame that, um, they um, they will have charity for their brothers and sisters. They will see what I see and you see. They will see these people who are under these really tight circumstances called formal processes and formal religion and church culture. And they will feel sorry for them because they're not getting enough Jesus. And they will go, well, I don't want to do it. <laughs> A lot of them are like, I don't want to do this, but Jesus is telling me, Go to the church, start going to church, and bring your leaven with you. Bring your tattoos, smell like smoke. So I'm, I'm looking forward. This is a prophecy that's going to be fulfilled during my time. And I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward, so forward to it, because it'd just be funny, because like, I like to disrupt uh, whatever's formal. That is true. Um, and because that's, but that's my wretched self, because I don't, I don't want to just do that unless Jesus wants to do it. But he says he's going to do it. So he's going to bring these, um, you know, there'll be dope smokers, fornicators, and they won't. They'll, they'll say that's what they are. They'll say, yeah, Jesus still loves me. And they will come and testify and it will blow the minds of people because that's what's blown, blown my mind because I've already gathered with some of these outcasts and misfits. And I'm like, oh, you're in this mess. Jesus, you're in this messy person who would look so unholy. But those, those people, which I'm excited about, not all of them, some of them are like, I'm never going back to their, that church and they are correct. Um, but some of them will be like Nephites or whatever who got converted. And then they start feeling for their brothers who are in these terrible cultures of like, you know, and they look at the Book of Mormon. They grew up in these cultures where they're like, oh, hate, 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 hate the Nephites, kill the Nephites. So you're like, I don't want to, I don't want any of that action. But these black sheep, these outcasts and misfits, God will pour his love down. And God says, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So when they come into the churches, what will happen is um, they will come and love on the white sheep, maybe who don't love them back. Well, I could say quite a bit they don't love them back because it's awkward to have somebody who's smelling like smoke who just recently watched porn and they're talking about, yeah, I watched porn last night, but I turned to Jesus. That's, oh, that's kind of awkward here. But get used to different. And what will happen is the white sheep, there's good white sheep, by the way, <laughs> there's a lot of good white sheep, they will get used to different and they will start loving back. So um, Jesus just told these in generalities that first the black sheep will come. That's the trend is they will come in and like, well, why don't the white sheep go out and get them? Because I don't know, scared or something. Um, or I think it's just Jesus. pattern. So what I've just shared 
is a prophecy. Um, I could also call it my best guess that was inspired by Jesus. If people say, I, I don't feel comfortable receiving prophecy from Greg. Oh, well, then just call it a good idea. Does it, does it ring true inside your heart? Do you think that'll happen? Does it match up the scriptures that say the first shall be last, the last shall be first? Does it match up with scriptures that say he will exalt the low? The, the, low? <laughs> the answer is yes, yes, yes. That's Because so, I asked the same question. Like, Jesus, are you just making this stuff up? I'm like, oh, no, this fits with the pattern. This will happen. It'll be a general trend. Um, which means you'll find exceptions to it. Well, some homeschoolers are idiots, <laughs> but you can't say all of them are. In fact, the data is showing otherwise. And so this is how I look for prophecies to be fulfilled. It's just like generally over the trend. So I know what's coming. I've already informed my wife and family about like, whoo, my people, they're coming. <laughs> oh yeah. And I get excited about like, they're coming. <laughs> they're going to occupy this church and all the churches, by the way, this is not just going on, the, on in the LDS church or going to other churches, people who have compassion. And I, um, final thing I'll say is um, I suspect one of the reasons that they'll do um, some of these black sheep will do it uh, is um, sometimes we need a little encouragement. We need a little carrot, not just the stick. Jesus telling you, get in there. Uh, we're going to have tribulations. So financial tribulations, the formal church, that, that's what the, the nature of formal institutions, like having a formal army or um navy uh it's ha handy sometimes we need to be protected same thing with the more formal church so the formal church um, will have needs um that they, they can meet needs that these uh informal people might have for um various things and that's what god has put in my heart that what's going to get resolved here during my lifetime or, or towards getting resolved is the interaction between the informal and the formal so you can think of the black sheep the outcast as informal energy uh, that may uh, not uh, hit all the jots and tittles, but they um, are focused on the more weighty, uh, weightier matters of the gospel, which is love of others and so forth. And then the formal institutions that are um, are focused more and more on jots and tittles and so forth, things that, that get things done, so to speak, if you will. Um, the informal needs the formal and the, the formal needs the informal. And that, and it always has been so. And so that's, I'm sorry, I, I just dumped that whole prophecy on you, but it'll frame my, uh, what you were speaking of, like formal churches and institutions, their limits and so forth. That is, um, that's the frame that I carry, that I received from Jesus that puts me at peace with like, oh, okay, so this is your church, you're doing, so is the Catholic church, the Baptist church, you're doing whatever you want with that church, I don't have to worry about it, so it's not my job. My job is to love, so he, he tells me to go to church and love on the people. Well, some don't love me, Jesus. That's fine. Love them uh, all, all the more. So I really do. When I go to church, I'll, I'll just sit and admire these different people. Because <laughs> um, I've had people within the LDS church that I've always admired, that they've been good to me. My parents were good to me. It's just like, guys, I can't take that culture. And, and Jesus, I, I, was, I was looking for the wrong people to solve it. Mortals, are you kidding me? You think mortals are going to be able to fix that, Greg? And so I turned to the, the immortal and he goes, oh, here, here's how you can find a peaceful way to walk with that. Because Jesus had a similar problem back in his day. Okay, I'll end my talking stick. Back to you guys. Yeah, actually what you said just reminded me a lot. You said, I liked, um, well, I liked what you said about history repeating itself kind of a thing like in the 70s and, and 60s. And I hadn't considered that, but it, it's, it's a lot like there's this, um, there's like this pendulum swing where it goes between like having like all the rules and following all the rules and then revolting against all the rules. And I think everyone goes against that in their own life, but I never considered that it had, does that as a society. And um, actually one of the things that kind of started my path, um, my current Jesus path, one of the things was that in 2018, when I was reading the new Testament and I was reading about um, Jesus time, I was actually reading it to my kids and like a children's, you know, children's Bible stories. And uh, I was like, this sounds a lot like our time. Like I was like, there's all these rules and there's just crazy, crazy rules. And there's not a foundation for them in like scriptures and stuff. And they're just like this culture of just rules, 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 rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. And I was just like, and it's not actually scripture. It's just like, I was like, where does it say like, oh, like this has to be done. Yeah, it, there was just so many things. And so I, 
Yeah. I was going to say, so I just, um, and the more that I research like the, the new Testament, the Bible, you just see this pattern again and again of just, and then you see Jesus like today with my, my kids, we were talking about, um, the, the prodigal son, you know, about those coming back who are, who are lost, but also, we talked about the idea part of that story is when he's talking to people and they're like why are you being friends with you know all these people like those people actually i'm gonna say those people why is jesus hanging out with those people because those are the bad people right i mean and that's what they're saying like those guys are the ones with all the problems and it's and i think a lot of us um will feel like the the brother of the not not the prodigal son where we're like i've done everything he said i follow all of the commandments to a t and, and you're like, well, why are you celebrating this other one? You know, and so I, I don't know, that's just kind of, I just think that the patterns are very, they're very interesting, I guess is just what I wanted to say. You can go ahead. Hey, Jonathan, you had something? Um, I did. I, you, you went a different direction, so I'll... Um, you can go back was... to your direction. It's fine. Um... Yeah, I guess I guess kind of interesting. It's a, it is a pendulum that swings, um, but I have the feeling that the that um, the balance is perfection, something like that. I'm not sure. I'd have to think about whether that's really true, but um, is it possible that the balance is perfection? Um, it's it, it, the place where we stop swinging. Um, and uh, that actually sounds uh, kind of comforting to me, the idea that that the pendulum would stop swinging. Earlier, what I was going to say is that um, you made me think of the mission field. So many rules, I, I couldn't handle them. I, I did handle them. I did okay. It, 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 uh, I had a beautiful mission, it, very life-changing, very wonderful, but um, an LDS mission 20-whatever years ago when I was in my 20s. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, um, and I get the reasons for rules, but it's, um, oh yeah, it's like, this is, it feels like it's an endless subject for all three of us. We're all, um, in a very similar place. It's like, we're all kind of right on that fringe. It's like, Greg is still barely in the, well, not barely in the church. I don't want to say that. He's like, he's in the church, but he, he doesn't feel like he can talk because it's, it's, it's not a place where, you know, he, and he's, he's kind of uncomfortable. Greg and I had a discussion on a video we did before where we talked about this. It's like, he has the discomfort of being on the inside and feeling the, oh, the rigor of all that yucky, you know, too much structure. And I'm just on the outside and so I, 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 in that way, I'm great, right? You know, like, oh, I, I love it out here. I don't have to worry about all that structure. You know, I just do the things that I feel like God wants me to do. But I have the opposite problem. It's the same problem that, that you've described a little bit, uh, Emily, and that is that it's like, I don't have a people. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, know what, I don't know what to call myself. I don't know what to do. I, I don't feel like I fully fit in anywhere. And that's a real problem because it it, it doesn't it, it leaves a hole in my life. So it's like there's you know whether someone finds themselves on the inside, you know the one the one group of people who probably is not listening to this program and tuned out a long time ago are the people who are straight in the middle and they think that nothing's wrong and how could you ever think that anything is wrong with our culture or anything. With regards to my framework of belief, those people, we already, you know, got rid of them a long time ago, I think, by our past discussions. But for people listening, I think probably if they're still listening, they have a similar problem. Either they're just on the inside like Greg or they're just on the outside like us. And it's it's uncomfortable. It'd be, you know, if I could just go off into sin and just oh, throw all cares off, you know, and it's like, and just be, you know, but I'm not, I'm, I'm really a religious person with no place to go. <laughs> so I'll pass yeah. it back. Well, I, and one of the things I've been, Jesus has been using me for, because I've given my life over to him. I, I've been ministering to some people who've um, 
are out of the church, so they're my tribe, and their their life is messed messed up enough uh, and otherwise that they qualify for the Greg service. Um, but without trying, I've helped resolve a lot of their energy with regards to their antagonism with the church. Similar issues we're talking about. They just see how I'm, what I'm doing, and what I realize is that. <laughs> um, People have to get used to different, like going to church differently with an open mind. Like so that like I described to you in this. What if you just went to church and just said, like, I'm gonna just go there like I'm at the lake, just ignore everybody. Uh, kind of like when you go to the mall, you just oh, just having a good time. Well, pay attention, everybody. Somebody's talking. No, I'm not gonna pay attention. Well, there's somebody up there. You need to pay attention. Look, people are gonna see you on your phone and they're gonna think you're doing I'm I'm looking up Jesus stuff. Well, you might be a bad example. And actually, I'm I'm using some a familiar, let's say family familiar, um, where you might lead the kids astray. Well, if they know what I'm on, I could turn to them and say, "Hey, right now I'm looking up a parable so I can make a movie with Jesus." So people knew what I was doing. Like, dude is going big on Jesus. It doesn't have much to do with the talk, but I'm, I'm multitasking because I think, "Oh, Jesus, I want to respond to that." Um, you know, I want to raise my hand in Sunday school. Um, but he just forbids it. Like occasionally he'll say, go ahead, but it's rare. Um, and so I'm deep diving with Jesus and like, oh, so Greg, you're just treating the church like it's there to help people, including yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a room. I go there and we all dress nicely. It's kind of like going to a wedding or a party. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you love every single second when you go to somebody's wedding? Oh, this is the bomb. Woo. No, there's, you, you got to dress up. Oh, this is like church. Yeah. And then can I have all these mints? No, you, you can't. There's a limited amount of mints. Do I have to bring a present? Oh, weddings are just wonderful. Do I have to wait? Do they have to do that cake thing? Oh, I'm going to cut the cake and pretend like we're having fun. Is she going to smash it in his face? Well, Greg, you're quite the cynic. <laughs> what I'm telling you is I always find it funny for people on the outside. I look at their life and I can see patterns. I'm like, yeah, um, you're bowing down um, or having to, uh, whether you're at work, whether you're at the mall, whatever, you're doing the same thing that you have to do at church. And so what what my invitation is, you can learn to do that at church. Um, but why do that? I would say, unless Jesus calls you to it, yeah, stay home and um, have, have home church. Like it, Jesus is having Emily, this is what I believe, do home church. Awesome. I think that's cool. And if he says, now you need to take those kids and stick them in a church, but they may have to learn a new way. See, I've, I struggled for a long time and I'd cry out to God. He finally showed me a new way to go to church. And it's like some kind of monk who's, oh, he's, he might be surrounded in the mall, and people yelling, but he's just sitting there doing his little thing in his mind. It's like he's got his own little world. You could call it his own little Jesus Greg world in some kind of Jesus verse that he's building and nobody gets in unless he wants them in. Oh, I'm going to open up a little portal here so I can see what the, the talk's about. Oh, that's interesting. So he's, it's like he's listening to a radio at work. What's his work? Well, he's just sitting there at church surrounded by people. And so sometimes, um, so that's anyways, my uh, back to how Jesus has used me to show other um, outsiders how you could approach church differently, but it would require you to approach church even different than, than you do. You have so many segments of your life, and I could document, I'm a sociologist, and say, oh yeah, so you're free from church. Now let's see, are there any other of these institutions that you're still bowing down to them? And the answer is yes. Go ahead. Um, so I, I wanted to say this before I go, I have to go. So um, I'll make a closing comment and then leave it for you guys to, to spend the rest of the hour um, number one, I love what you're doing with the painting. It's like, there's all these colors coming out of Jesus. So I think that's great. I agree. That's I, nice. Rainbow. Yeah, Jesus. it's really, I'm going to be curious to see how that one ends up. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting that it went this direction. Um, I'll leave you guys to finish it up. I, myself, I, God's been helping me in some ways to deal with religious people, <laughs> Um, lately he's been telling me they're characters in my book. You're going to need religious peoples in your, in your, in your, in my, in my books and my stories. 
you know, it's like you're going to need religious people. Why don't you try to listen more and don't try to, you know, um, because that way you won't feel um, so strange um, by their dog, their dogmatic, their dogmatism. Because <laughs> you're just listening like they chose to come down and to suffer through being such a pig headed dogmatist so that you and God would be able to tell stories using their lives. It's like how what, how wonderful that was of them to be willing to suffer through being so pig headed so that you would have something to write about. There you go. <laughs> so you'd have this you'd have this character in your book. And it's like it's actually it's actually helped. That's what's weird. It's like just I'm trying to listen more, like, oh yeah, this would be a good character. <laughs> and I gotta go. They're love, probably, you guys. love you too. Yeah, they're probably um appreciating your character too. I've got this guy I know who's an outcast. I oh I I can paint him with within this uh, parable of the uh, prodigal son. Uh, go have fun eating your pig food, Jonathan. We'll see you at church in a while. So <laughs> I like that. I love that take. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was just trying to, oh, I had something I was going to say and I forgot it. Um, Part of what I think about too, though, is that, you know, I've been those, I've always actually been a very strict rule follower like for my whole life, like I was thinking about growing up, I'm, I'm just been a hundred percent like, Oh, you say, I got to do this. I got to do it. I'm very black and white. And it took some pretty major life circumstances for me to be able to let go of those things. So I feel like my life for me, I mean, I think I've heard this before from other people. It's just a process of letting go of saying, this is the way I want it to be. And then finding out it's not going to be that way at all. And it's okay. It's better, you know. Yeah. And so I always, um, I felt on that like just everything being. So I think there. I think I don't like to identify people as just like. I mean, I think we all have our moments where we're like pigheaded and we and we don't want to be open or listen. And it's just they just the timing's not right. Is how I look at it. I think it's not just like never for everybody. It's just it's just not time. You know. Yeah, And I, you know, that's what I think about, like, I think, um, you know, I think like the fact that you can't force, I don't know if I've ever talked about this before, but when I was getting my master's and learning about education, there's a theory in education and I haven't looked this up for like years. So I don't remember who said it, but it was one of my things that you cannot force learning. Um, it's this whole concept where I wish I remember, I'll have to look it up. It's in, it's in my thesis somewhere. But it's the whole idea that you can't, yeah, you can't force somebody to learn. Like, and you really can't. Like, um, like if they don't want to learn, you cannot force them. You can't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could try to make kids like behave and stuff, but like if they're not open, they're not going to be open and there's nothing you, you can do. And so that's a concept that I really, I love. And that I think is like a, a true concept is just, you know, people be what they're going to be and they do what they're going to do. And you have to like, just let go of that, um, that they're going to do whatever. I don't know. That's just kind of one of my thoughts. And so I've been trying to do that with my own children. Um, it doesn't always work because they might not choose anything. But like what I see all the time is, is children and people that have been forced to be one way. And that's, and then they revolt against it and never even want to come to Jesus because of the force. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. And so I try to like, I don't know. We've, I, try, I try to watch that. Like I try to do with my kids, like, Hey, would you guys like to say a prayer with me? Like I, I try to like make it a question instead of making it like, this is the way it is. Or like my second child's 10 and he hasn't been baptized. And some people get, have been like, they, they always ask about like, are we going to get baptized? And I'm like, this is his choice. And he doesn't want to. And I would agree. He doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's in the right mental space. Like we still teach him about Jesus and stuff. And he just doesn't, you know, he feels a bit younger than his age, I guess is a good way to put it. Like he still is, is learning and we're all still learning. And so I, I don't know. So this is this idea of just letting choice and letting people learn from choices. So it's again, that whole idea of letting go because the me of, um, you know, the me of, 
six years ago even would have just like totally been like oh I can't believe it that you're doing that and and this but and it's not always and it's not easy to let people learn and like, I, I do it with like schoolwork too with my children I really try hard because whenever I try to like make them do their homework it's a fiasco like it's a wreck you know like I'm angry they're angry everybody's angry they're not actually learning they're just angry there's just anger everywhere and uh yeah, I don't know. Those are just some of my thoughts. Oh, they're good ones. I've got like a smudge on my hand. I've got to get off. Yeah, they're good ones. The um, structures that we've inherited because they have been so long in development in modern life, they seem natural and they're, they're actually quite far from it. Um, so what you're speaking of, like school, homework, and so forth, uh, underlying assumptions of what's necessary for people to become educated and good, responsible adults within a modern society and um, well-rounded and so forth. Um, the, uh, the experimental location would be homeschools where you got this wide range that ranges further than most any formal school is willing to take the risk you've got those who, who say we do no school <laughs> which for some of them means yeah we do zero zero school we just have a bunch of books around and those who do it successfully they'll have a structure um, they make it so tasty uh, to um, engage maybe um, that's from the time their their kid is born they're just the kid just wakes up seeing their parent just reading. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Just a second. I just got to finish this one chapter. Oh, well that must be really desirable. Yeah. In fact, let me read it to you. And so they get read to and read to and read to. Um, and uh, they, the parent says, Oh, now we're done reading. Let's go out and look at bugs. Uh, don't you mean let's do science now? Uh, I don't mean that at all. <laughs> if I started going that way, I'd hate it. But homeschool is great if we're just going to look at bugs. How can we look at those bugs closer? Um, oh, mommy, maybe magnifying glass. We were killing ants um, with Johnny over there. Oh, that's, let's do that. Let's kill some ants. Uh, no, hold it. Let's not kill them. Let's, let's look at them. Why, why shouldn't we kill ants? You have these discussions that just flow out naturally. Like, well, when's homeschool going to start? It is, and it goes on all day um, in, in no school. Uh, oh, can you guys have some help doing these pancakes? And a month later, hey, you guys got the pancakes done yet? The kids say, oh, this is fun. I love making pancakes. And if you want pancakes, that's what you're going to have to go do. And, and you're going to have to grind the wheat. What? Yep, I'll show you how to grind the wheat. Next thing you know, these kids are <laughs> grinding wheat, um, turning and, and selling pancakes. So you're like, when are you guys going to do homeschool? You're just out there selling pancakes with your lemonade. Uh, yeah, we're just seeing how it works. Uh, and that takes a special kind of parent that, and I've, um, when we started homeschooling, uh, Jesus used that to instruct me about the world and what underlies um, the reluctance to have that level of informality and it's fear. And, and the main fear is that your kids are going to get behind other kids. That's the sad thing. It's like, my kids are going to grow up idiots. They won't be able to feed a family. No one will like them. No one will marry them. And so these are like real founded fears. Um, and um, we have a society that perpetuates those. So you can watch Hollywood films. He was homeschooled. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and um, so those fears are real. And uh, it takes a special kind of individual that says, I don't care. I'm just going to do it anyways. Um, and so back to what I the happiness I have, of, there's going to be a new culture and I call it Zion 500 years from now, kids will wake up whole differently than we do. Um, and they'll spend the whole day way differently, but the, 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 under, the surrounding culture will support that, that um, people, the people that are raising these kids will have been trained to that kind of Montessori on steroids kind of approach to, you know what God has, put it into us natural curiosities let's let's see if we can foster those and not freak out if one day it doesn't work 
as long as it works maybe 20 out of 30 days or even two out of 30 days, then eventually, yeah, years later, yeah, years later, it finally started blossoming in this child. And so parents, um, and that's, so, so I'm going to tie it back to what I just said, to spiritual development. So um, our spiritual development follows a similar trajectory as our physical development. They're not unrelated. And so sometimes we have to go to the rules. So like if I was to do art, I'd just like to just do it, um, what Emily's doing right now, just jump in it and like, yeah, I'm going to make a mess. And I could. And that's really what I'm good at. Like, uh, no, I'm not going to learn all because if you look at um, Emily's, when we started all these episodes, she showed us pictures of what people would call fine art and uh, detail oriented realism uh, towards that. And then I look at that, what she's doing now, like, well, that realism would be harder for me. Yeah. Cause it follows all these kind of rules, the uh, whatever rules there are, there's some kind of Pythagorean related rules. I know that uh, how things are composed that uh, Mike Workman, uh, an artist locally showed me that one time, she showed me these, can, these circles. And I think, you know what I'm talking about, Emily, whatever these, these circular things and so forth. And so here's, these art people that geek out in these formal like school and they become uh, familiar with underlying things that I wouldn't know. Cause I'd be like having to learn the notes, learning piano. I don't want to learn the piano notes. I just want to play the piano. Well, then your piano playing might sound very unfamiliar to people just scatter uh, chaotic. They say, Hey, Greg wants you to play this. Well, okay. Here's my version. And so, um, Maybe only one person will be entertained. That's me. Um, and but as, as humans, we we have this desire to be understood by others. And so at some point, it's hard to just sit there and play the piano by yourself and say, "I don't care if people can't hear it. I'm as good as Mozart." When maybe you're the only one that thinks so. Good for you. Um, but eventually, your your sheep instincts will kick in, and you want validation from your wife from somebody hey doesn't this sound good and they you can tell they're faking yeah 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 that's good um and so um uh la, 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 back to, i'm gonna tie it back to what you were talking about um yeah the the um what we were talking um, about yeah go ahead yeah go ahead if you've got a thought know i just keep thinking how like you said um how how life is what i caught on this is pretty much we all have a different way of learning it's just how i'm gonna say it and at some point in society it was decided that every child learns this way but every child doesn't learn the same way and every person doesn't learn the same way and i think that's why um coming to jesus is really important because of what jesus did we all have the ability to learn in our own way and to learn at our, our own time. It wasn't like, if you don't do this by this age, although society and culture says, if you don't do X, Y, Z by this age, then you're wrong. You're if damned. You don't, yeah. You know, if you don't go serve in this way, you're wrong and you're bad and you don't love Jesus. Right. Like that, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's a cultural thing that really happens. It is, and, yeah. You know, and I, and I, but it's not a true... That's not something that Jesus ever said. Nope. Ever. Like, you know, the rich young ruler, I want to follow you, Jesus. He's like, well, give up everything you have. Then you can come follow me. And then the rich young ruler, you know, he went away to our way because he just couldn't give it up. And that's the end of that story. You know, and, you know, and maybe there was a time later where he decided that he was ready to give it up. But the time wasn't right then. You know, and if you're, if you're not ready to forsake and follow, then it's not... I don't think there needs to be this like pressure that says like you're wrong. Like I think something I've really tried to do. Um, well, I actually really liked earlier. It kind of reaches back to like your idea of like, you know, you don't call them commandments. I call them things to make your life easier. <laughs> I think that's what you call them. In instructions. Um, and I like that because I, I have a really hard time with the yeah, instructions. There you go. Instructions. Cause I have a hard time with that too, where it's like, if you don't do this commandment, and this will happen and I just I'm so I've held on to those things my whole life that I feel like if I 
I get like severe anxiety. Like if I don't go to church, I feel like this massive anxiety and shame and, um, but it, but then you have to question, you know, like, and then I, I try to work around that, but then I don't know. It's just like a whole interesting, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I guess what I've, one of the things I'm trying to do is just everything is about, about learning. Um, so part of what I've been doing on this painting, this actually ties into what I've been doing on here. Oh, dang, stuck my hand in stuff again. Okay, so something I've done on here. So sometimes when I do art and stuff, part of this Jesus series, one, one of the things I did was how to do like paint Jesus the wrong. And the whole point was that I grew up with all these rules of art. Like I, I had, I even have a sketchbook called The Secret of It All. And I would write down like everything my professor said. And I would do like every single thing. And I would practice all the different rules. You always do this this way. With with dark paint, you always do thick over thin. So white paint is always light. You always do thick white paint and thin dark paint. That's how you make oil painting look really nice. And it has to do with the way that the paint dries. And these are just some different rules. Like you always mix red, yellow, and blue. You know, you always do this. You use these colors and you mix them this way. You do all these things. And so today when I started, um, and I was cleaning up, I was cleaning out this little container here. It was really dirty. And there was just, so um, the other one of the rules is always you don't mix more than two or three colors because it turns to mud and it makes your painting look really muddy and it doesn't give you really pure vibrant colors. Um, that was one of the things that I was taught. And so today purposely, I actually took my paints and I put about, put out a ton of different colors. I did everything except black. I just didn't want black. It's just too overpowering for this, um, and this one's very colorful, but I mixed them together and I purposely made mud. So I mixed like five colors together. I did like every color and I made different types of mud and then I tinted. And then I was like, well, what if I paint thick? So I'm doing thick with dark and light I'm removing. So it's completely opposite of quote, the right way to paint is, is what I'm doing. The other right way to paint what I was trained with because I came from this very strict background of you do a plan so the design processes and I actually teach the design process to my students because this is the design process you brainstorm you make a plan you sketch it out you plan it then you do some practice like these are practice ones and like like with my other big paintings I would have like sample ones and I would practice painting that head like several times different angles and then you get your whole plan and you have your practice plan it's all good. You've got your colors and your shadows. Then you begin the final piece. And then the final painting, you keep working on it and you get feedback and then you keep working on it. And then you reach like kind of the ultimate goal. And so when I started this series, and you have like a plan, like you're looking at like painting realistically, like I would go out and I would sketch plans. I would shoot models. I would take photos. That's what I mean when I say shoot. Don't to be confused people. Um, I would photograph models and, um, and they call it getting reference and seeing like which direction you're gonna go. So it was a very involved process is what I'm saying. Before you even actually started painting, like 90% of the process was planning. And so when I decided to do this series, I was like, how can I throw it out the window? And I'm like, I can't look at anything. That is it. Cause I was so, um, and I have always had, a, I was so, uh, they call it reference. I call it reference dependent. But it was like I had to see it and then I could do it and I could see it and I could do it. And so trying to do something where I can't see it, like there's no way for me to know the right answer. Like with Jesus, I've never seen Jesus. So I don't know what he looks like. And so you have all these things of like, this is what society says he looks like. I don't know. I mean, Jesus didn't even have a beard until like 1300s. He might not even have a beard. Who knows? And then some things I've read, like, what did Jesus really look like? Well, he could have had curly hair. He lived here and he could have had dark, short, curly hair. What did their clothes? Their clothing could have been really short, like you see in The Chosen, because that was culturally, culturally what it was. It wasn't like these long robes that you see. That wasn't their culture. Or, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe he didn't always wear white. I mean, we just have all these, like, cultural things. And so I was like... So those are some of the things like that's when I paint um, and uh, that's something that some people really like about my art is none of my Jesus. They all are kind, they're kind of all starting to look the same now, but especially when I first started, like some of my early ones, like everyone, he looks completely different. He might have long hair. He might have short hair. He might have a big bushy beard. He might have like a little short beard. I always do a beard because the beard seems to be the most recognizable thing. So it's about communicating what's Jesus. I'm like, pretty much you do any blob and you put a little beard on it like this and you've got Jesus. 
and you got to have some kind of dark mass you know like I'd look like Jesus if I went like this and give myself a little beard you know I could look like Jesus too. <laughs> um, anyways, that's just kind of some of my thoughts it is very much part of my religious process is is what I'm saying like I compare it all you know, we learned through parables, I learned through doing art, and I learned through this thing. But the whole idea, again, that I've learned, that I've been trying to let go of through this is don't, because I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I have a really hard time letting go of what society and what others think. It's very challenging for me. I'm trying to let go of that because I don't think it's right. I'm really working on, like, I need to let go of not being perfect and not being the center and not always knowing the answers. And that's really what I'm trying. And that's what, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Awesome. And that's, I I do want to emphasize, uh, recently I did a Jesus street preaching episode for about an hour and a half. And that was what Jesus had me emphasize. It was actually the training he's put me through um, since 2015. And it's heavily, heavily uh, oriented towards um, get used to different, uh, do things different than what um, you were taught. Uh, think of me differently. Like, you know, so you've heard that uh, he has me talk, to, talk about him as my imaginary friend who is real, who is my therapist, who is Jesus. Um, emphasizing, you got to use your imagination, Greg, um, because what he wanted and what he wants from me is to get close. That whatever friend I would love the most, then that's how I need to imagine Jesus. Because um, the truth is, that's who he is. He's the, the best friend you could ever imagine. And he's one that will condescend. That means he will come down uh, to his children. And, you know, just like a really good parent. What if you're a parent that's just kind of stoic? And uh, you have a kid that just really needs somebody to play, but there's nobody else that can play with him. You may have to, in order to have that kid develop right, you may have to um practice stop being stoic for a moment and maybe for lots of moments and just get down there and act like you're you know barney or uh, act like you're bob the builder with that ch child and let loose as best you can you're like well i'm a stoic i didn't i didn't learn how to do this um i feel like bruce r mcconkie i just i can't get out of this i i want to read my kids the mormon doctrine not play house with them with a blanket fort uh, but I, i'm kind of teasing bruce i'm who's passed on uh, i always believe if you're talking about somebody they, they listen in what, what, what are they saying about me because they can learn some stuff so bruce i know you probably had a personal life that you did not share because you weren't growing up in a really transparent culture believe me we're still not transparent on that in our church culture <laughs> but we're getting closer jesus is shaking it up and um so being able to, Jesus, my point there was Jesus will do that. That's the thing. Is, just like the best parent you could ever have, even if he's a stoic, like Jesus, I, as Jesus, I'm naturally stoic. Yet, yes, yet I'm willing to come all the way down, 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 down to where Greg is to have him like me. <laughs> okay, Jesus, here's the deal. I can like you if you could like uh, Tigger in the Hundred Acre Woods, okay? Bouncy, chauncey, fun, fun, fun. He goes, oh, I love that. And like, oh, cool. And then some people report, no, that's how my Jesus is too. So the Book of Mormon actually, it's the only time you'll hear this in the scriptures or the Bible, there's a, a verse that, that where he talks about my Jesus, M-Y Jesus, which I love. And a lot of other religious people do. They're like, oh, yeah, that actually sounds right, that we each have our own Jesus. But doctrinally, that like, that's a, there's a lot of tension there. Like, hold it. You guys worship a different Jesus. Yeah, yeah, we do. But what that is, is just simply Jesus um, even talked about it. Uh, when saw I thee a stranger, Lord? So he'll, he'll, he'll appear um, as a stranger, fallen by the wayside. Or when were you hungry, Lord, and I let you in or I didn't let you in? Uh, and he was saying, essentially, that I can shapeshift to use a, a word most people wouldn't use, but yeah, he can shapeshift. So Emily is actually Jesus. Uh, this is what Jesus looks like when he's dressed up as Emily. Um, this is what he does, uh, an approximation. So I, I don't literally think that, that, that she's Jesus painting Jesus, but I do parable wise and 
practical wise, that's what Jesus was trying to emphasize. Treat Emily like you would Jesus. Um, so anyhow, that's that's my take on it is that um, Jesus is um, available for whoever we are and he'll take us um, towards him. And, you know, maybe my understanding of Jesus will change that I'll 10 years from now I'll go, Oh no, he really is stoic. I've, I've turned into a stoic. That's the main Jesus. I, he was just, he was just, um, lean me on. <laughs> it's the only way I'd follow him is he had to go, okay, here's what Greg needs. So I, I do believe in a, in a Jesus who will do that, but I actually believe in a Jesus who is a lot of fun, like the Jesus of the chosen. Yeah, I think that's my Jesus. And I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, that's my Jesus. Um, so, yeah. And I, I think Jesus made that movie and, and uh, he used Dallas Jenkins to do it. So I literally, literally think Jesus made that movie in the Jesus revolution. Uh, but I can't tell you, that's just a belief. Uh, I can't tell you that I know that to be true, but I don't have to. <laughs> I believe it strong enough that I pray for the chosen. I geek out on the chosen and uh, Jesus has me do that. Anything else, Emily? It's probably about time to wrap up, so I got to go get ready for four. Yeah, I love years. the chosen. Yeah, me too. And I like your your painting. Uh, where, yeah, um, if I wanted to buy that one, if I was uh, a millionaire or a hundred thousand air or ten thousand air or a hundred dollar air someday, I hope to be that. Uh, where would I get this one, that? This one's a bit bigger than some of the others. This one's probably right around like four hundred. I've worked on it probably like about a month actually um that I've been working on it but yeah this one's about 400 I'm really close to being done I think I'm about done for working on it today I really I like, feel like it's eye. really close to just being done in general there's a couple areas there's yeah. a couple areas I don't like it but I I'm kind of at a point where the paint needs to dry in order for me to like I think I need to take a break from it and come back to it but um it's beautiful I like it I, I can see it I see, I see his crown. I see his crown of thorns kind of implied there. That's yeah, what I see. I tried to paint a crown of thorns, but I could see how you could see that. Yeah. There's definitely like a big thing coming off here, and <laughs> I could definitely see that. And I like his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that's because I snuck in and used my right hand. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but you know easy. what? <laughs> that's right. Because I could actually get some detail. She's, she's, uh, painting, she's painting with her fingers. I don't know. People. It's hard to just do all that. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Well, excellent. Yeah, well, this time I did mostly with a palette knife. And and where would yeah, people... Yeah, but the, because it's with a, like, I saw... Uh, where would people go Sorry. to buy, buy you guys that? guys saw me using this. Um, if they wanted to purchase that... Uh... Um, if they just um, Google me, like... Emily Powell art mm -hmm. they'll they'll find a link to one of my social media or to my Here existing you. website and then I'm working on putting together a DSS website but they can find me if they just google my name should be on you can see my name on my photo right can you the one that I'm painting oh on? yeah it's yep, my I, name, like right down here I can yep I just Somewhere. I just brought it up yep you can see that that's right yep I see it Emily Powell art I see that when I pull it up so yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, just make sure that, yeah, as long as you, you know, or we could put a link in the description, I guess. That's something we could do. Well, good. Well, but, yeah. thanks for today. I like talking about Jesus. That's that. I mean, this one, I would say it's not quite done, but it's really close. I love it. It's very nice. Yeah, what do you think? Um, I'm trying to think like of a good title or good. Yeah, well, um, a, lot of our, a lot of our episodes still need titles. Is, I was hoping... I was hoping, um, what was the suggestion? Um, I'm like, we can call it coming to Jesus the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Yeah. The wrong way to come to Jesus. Yeah. That's funny. I, 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 I don't like that. Come to Jesus. Come, oh, no, that sounds good. You're poetic. Come to Jesus the wrong way. I, I came to Jesus the wrong way. I like it. Yeah. Let's, let's officially, Jonathan uh, or Emily, just, I like that. Um, so I vote for um, coming to Jesus the wrong way. Um, because if you're coming at all, um, hallelujah for that. Uh, yeah, I like that. 
I'm gonna call that coming to Jesus the wrong way. Yeah. Two twenty six. Finally. All right. So okay. Just the wrong way. Yeah, I like it. Coming to Jesus the wrong way. Yeah, and and wrong, of course, is the perspective. It's like me saying, Jesus is my imaginary friend. You have to understand that that phrase. It's, it's paradoxical. And so the wrong way would just be like somebody, outsiders, who came a different way. Oh, you went the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here with Jesus. Yeah, but you took the wrong way. Yeah, I did. Yep, that's the the, um, the stranger fall by the wayside or the uh, prodigal son. Yep, you went the wrong way. Yeah, I did. But guess what? Jesus is having a yeah, party for me. You should have done it my way. Or yeah better, exactly <laughs> yeah and letting people go the wrong way is a very important yeah, like yeah go ahead go the wrong way um yeah i like it you'll learn you'll know what ways not, not to go you'll, yeah you'll be able to warn exactly. other people yeah i love it all right well yeah, Emily, yeah. anything anything else i've got ready to sign off okay. for us Okay.